Hi, and welcome to Book Club, a Sales Enablement Pro podcast. I'm Olivia Fuller. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm so excited to have Julie Hansen, author of Act Like a Sales Pro and Sales Presentations for Dummies, here to talk to us. Julie, I'd love if you could just take a minute and introduce yourself and your role to our audience. Uh, Yes, so I started out in sales and uh, also uh, somewhere along the way started doing some acting and uh, after, gosh, a 20-year career in sales, I started my own business, Performance Sales and Training, which is really coaching salespeople to uh, use acting techniques to uh, really focusing on those customer focusing, uh, those customer focused engagements, whether that's a presentation or a demo or a pitch, uh, because they really are applicable there. So um, that evolved into a business, and um, I, I work with sales teams all over the world, just uh, on applying these principles to uh, to have more successful demos and presentations that really uh, grab people's attention, speak to their needs, and um, you know, win more, win more deals. So your book acts like a sales pro. It details different ways that salespeople can leverage acting techniques in their jobs. Um, So how are some of the skills needed to excel in sales similar to those needed to be a great actor and vice versa? Well, it's interesting. So when I started out in sales and I came from a buying background. So I, when I got into sales, I had this, uh, this notion that people would call me back and everybody would be happy to hear from me because that, as a buyer, that's your experience, right? And it was nothing like that. So it was quite the shock to me. And I really did not feel confident in my role. And, um, you know, I just couldn't, didn't deal with rejection very well. And I saw all my peers around me seeming to, to handle it much better. And I thought, okay, what is what can really help me just get over this this fear and this um, you know this uh, adaptation to this role? And so I enrolled in an acting class, and not only was it a lot of fun, but I learned how to uh, really just live in the role to understand that we all play roles in our life. Like I'm, you know, you may be a, a spouse, a parent, a teacher. Um, it's certainly, a, you know, your role at work and it doesn't mean you turn into another person, but you bring different parts of yourself to that role and just being the best you in that role as possible and focusing on that. And, um, I just found so many, uh, commonalities between the two practices and it really helped me get over that, that fear of, you know, reaching out to other people, being rejected, understanding. I heard somebody tell me one time a director that, you know, there's a, there's a part for everybody. Right. And I think that's same with true. There's a true for sales. There's a, there's a customer for everybody. And sometimes uh, it's, you're just not the best fit and it's okay. And it's not a personal attack. (laughs) So being able to take that less personally was also very helpful. So you mentioned in the book that first impressions can happen in as little as seven seconds. And so how can salespeople go about creating a really memorable first impression? It seems nearly impossible, doesn't it? But actually there's a lot going on in those first seven to 10, 15 seconds. And there's a lot of different studies on that first impression number, but let's, let's just say it's short and it's fast. 
and we make all these judgments. And if we're making judgments in seven to 10 seconds, it can't necessarily be about what you're saying, right? Because you can't say that much in 10 seconds, but our brains are working much faster and we're processing all this information. We're processing what we see and we're putting it together with what we hear, how you present yourself. Um, so we have to take into account that both that physical presence, that verbal presence, how we sound, not just the words we're saying, how we show up. And I think that is uh, often overlooked in sales today because first impressions, not only do they happen quickly, but they are very hard to reverse. And if anybody's been stuck with, you know, you uh, a nickname they were called early on that you'd like to shake, you know how hard that is. People get something set in their mind and Yes, you can change their mind, but it's a much harder route. So if you can start off strong, you have a much better chance of really building on that good first impression. And the thing about first impressions is that really most of the work starts before you get on the call, before you get in front of the customer. And that is something I learned as an actor is that you, don't, you aren't on just the minute the curtain goes up or the camera goes on, you are in role well before that you are prepared you are warmed up you are um, you have the right energy you're vocally prepared you're focused on the customer and what i see happening in sales a lot is people just showing up just trying to turn on in the moment right going from one thing to the next and that's very difficult and that puts a lot of pressure on you and it's not it's not always that effective so taking the time to do a proper warm-up before each call and and so you can be present for that customer. So fear can often be a really big obstacle in delivering effective sales presentations. Um, so what are some techniques or ways that salespeople can overcome stage fright or that inherent fear um, in order to deliver really effective presentations? That's a great question and I because I struggled with that as well. And so that's why I really love this element of being an actor because a lot of actors have stage fright. I would, uh, you know, I would usually have stage fright even as an experienced actor, and it's not a bad thing. So first of all, understanding that it's it, it's part and parcel of some people's lives, and it it shouldn't be paralyzing, but there are things you can do to manage it to channel that that energy into the presentation and into the pitch. A couple things that you can do that are very practical is is warming up. Uh, if you've ever been backstage before a show or before a, sh uh, a shoot on set, you'll see that actors are rarely just sitting there kind of waiting for their turn to go on. They're moving around, they're, they're loosening up because when you're, when you're fearful or stressed, you tend to get very tight, you get very tense, your body gets very small, your voice gets small, you just retreat into yourself and that is you have to push against that. And so you have to vocalize big and you have to move big just to keep that energy up and going. So that's one thing you can do. The other thing that I learned as an actor that's been really helpful in this area is uh, being clear about my intention. Uh, if I am really focused on how I want you to feel about our conversation or what I'm trying to convey to you and, and get that across, I have very little time to think about oh my gosh, what am I doing with my hands? Why do I feel so nervous, right? It's, it's almost impossible. So getting a really clear intention, like I am here, I wanna get you excited about this topic. I wanna to reassure you that this is the best change for you. 
being so customer focused that you don't have time to take your own emotional temperature, as I call it, <laughs> can help you over that hump. Because a lot of times as an actor, you're on with a, you know, you're in front of a, a lot of people and it can be scary. But if I'm just focused on this, this other actor that I'm talking to and trying to, you know, be in the moment in this scene, then I'm not worried about all the other people and what they think. How can improv training help salespeople better listen to their customers and then respond to their customers' needs? Right, and that's why I think improv is so helpful. I almost think it should be required training for salespeople or anybody in business because let's face it, you go in with a script, or maybe it's not written out, but you have an idea what you're gonna say. The other person has their own script. You have no idea what they're gonna say. Certainly, you get a good sense after a number of, types of calls with you know certain customers, but you really are improvising as you go and adapting. And what I love about improv is most people think it's, oh, you just say the first thing that comes top of mind, right? That's what we think of improv. But actually there are some rules that improv players follow in order to uh, react quickly and in a way that moves the scene or the conversation forward. And and if you look at it, that's really the goal in sales is to just keep moving the conversation forward, isn't it? Um, it may not be in a direction we anticipated, but we certainly don't want the conversation to come to a stop. So some of the rules of improv that I think are really relevant are, first of all, being in the moment, right? Being in the moment, you have to certainly do all the prep you can do, be, be physically, mentally, and um, you know, vocally prepared, know what you're gonna say, how things might go. And then you have to just be present. I've seen so many presentations where, uh, you know, the salesperson starts in one direction, the customer asks a question, which would naturally take it in a different direction. And yet they just go back to what they were doing because they cannot pivot because they're not confident. Uh, so it takes a certain level of confidence in your knowledge to do that. Um, but the other thing is, the other rule I like is the rule of yes and, which is basically means you just have to accept whatever's given to you. Like it's, it's the reality, you can't argue with someone else's reality. So just accepting, uh, you know, that they have a differing opinion about something, acknowledge that, not trying to bury it or argue with it, and then adding another perspective. So not necessarily trying to just squash that objection and just get it over with for good, but uh, just trying to get over it, around it, give them enough of a acknowledgement and a different idea to consider, like by adding your perspective. And then you can start to really perhaps soften that objection and, um, and keep the conversation moving, which is so important in sales. You also wrote about how role plays can sometimes be ineffective um, because they're used to judge sellers' knowledge. Um, so how can practitioners utilize role plays in a way that's more results-oriented? Yes, I think this is really important because role play in, in theater and performance is used to practice. It's used to practice, it's used to try different things, some things work, some things don't. If you feel like you're being judged, you're not going to be trying new things. You're gonna be doing what you always do, or you're just gonna do what you know the judge is looking for. And then when you're done, you're gonna go back and do exactly what you've already done, always done because it's comfortable, right? So if you really want to 
use role play in an effective way, give, you know, set salespeople up for success. First of all, don't um, let them understand what the criteria is and make that criteria very clear and specific as to just a couple of goals. Like today, we're going to work on role playing your value proposition and perhaps one other thing like making better eye contact, but not this whole list of things they're trying to accomplish. And then keep the feedback based on those specific objectives. Not necessarily that we don't go back to the other things that they can work on, but um, you know, it's a, it's a trust factor. When somebody's being vulnerable and they're practicing, you can't say you're going to focus on one thing and then start critiquing them on a whole bunch of other things, right? That's going to shut everybody down. So um, just using it as a as an opportunity to train people both in the moment. So if you see them going off, you know, going in this direction, instead of waiting until the end, also using sort of that just in time um, coaching practice, which they do as an actor, like the, the director's not gonna let you keep going if you're going in the wrong direction, right? We, we got a show to put on. So, okay, I'm gonna stop you there. What you're doing, you're doing that same thing you always do. Let's try this, adjust it. And that way, not only do they, you know, get that physical stopping of themselves, they also get to get that new experience in their body uh, because there's, you can have a debrief afterwards and it's all it can be very intellectual, but unless they try it and see how it feels, get it in your body, get in your voice, things aren't really gonna change. In your career, both as an actor and as a salesperson, um, how has your performance benefited from applying acting techniques in sales and then vice versa, applying sales techniques to your acting practice? Oh, gosh. Uh, yes, they've both been gone hand in hand. So that's such an interesting question. And certainly my first aha moment was how much acting applied to sales. It was like, wow, this is so, you know, um, this is so intuitive and uh, being able to share that with other sellers is really a joy. As an actor, understanding that in sales, all this discovery process and how much more discovery contributes to your understanding of the customer and a, and a better presentation, a better pitch. Uh, same thing you know, I learned as an actor, the more I understand about this character I'm playing or the other people in this scene, the, the deeper my understanding of the situation and uh, ability to really connect with them and express that. And I would say just currently um, with this virtual environment that we're in, I learned as an actor when I was doing uh, film work and television work that it's very different acting on camera. It's very different. It's a whole different set of skills. And I went into my first audition after being in theater for a couple of years for a, a television show and I didn't, I didn't know where to look. I didn't, I felt so uncomfortable and awkward. It was like I was new all over again. So I have uh, really focused recently on helping sellers make that transition to this virtual world because it's, yes, we've got the technology and there's all these tips on, you know, backgrounds and how to make it more engaging, but ultimately how do you connect with another person through the camera? And so I developed a selling on camera masterclass that just uses you know, there's techniques and it's not, it's not natural. It's very counterintuitive, but ultimately it's like, why do we have a camera on if we're not going to use it to connect with the other people? Well, Julie, those are some fantastic tips. Uh, thank you so much again for taking the time today to share this with our audience. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. 
To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.